Welcome to They That Hope with Father Dave and Deacon Bob, seeing humor and hope in a frozen tundra of Welcome to Ohio. They That Skate. Yes, They That Rink. Welcome to the rink at Franciscan Square. If you're watching live, that, well, well nobody's <laughs> watching live, actually. <laughs> if you're watching on video, which you can find at theythathopepodcast.com, uh, we are here in front of our beautiful rink. We've been talking a lot about this rink on the podcast, and we thought, hey, let's do it outside in the cold. And I'm regretting this decision immediately. Yeah, it, it's funny, the friars, I was talking to the friars tonight, and they said, uh, you know, David, it's, it's cold outside. And I said, I know. David, and, and, it's cold outside. And, and I said, this was Bob's idea. And I must say, I said, <laughs> and he's such a baby about cold, so I can't <laughs> believe we're doing this. I'm on my, like, fourth pair of hand warmers but, at but this point. But you've got this nice little heated warm seat thing, and my no, no, it's butt not, is cold. It's not a heated seat. It's Can just I a, sit on these hand warmers? You could. Oh, my. You could. On second thought. <laughs> But, so welcome, everybody, today that hope. We're really excited to have you here as we are entering at the end of Advent into the Christmas season. But first, of course, we have sports. Dave, I have a trivia question for you. Okay. I'm Speaking usually, of the, really frozen, the frozen tundra behind yep, us. Yep. Go ahead. Which, Anything. of course, reminds us of Lambeau Field. Yep. Only two quarterbacks in the history of Lambeau Field have ever pitched a perfect pitched. Through a perfect game, one is obvious, and the other might be a surprise. David, what are your answers? What do you mean pitched a perfect game? Well, through a perfect what game. Is a through, what does a perfect game mean? So they got a perfect passer rating, which is 158.8. I don't know why that's a perfect passer rating. Mm. It means they threw over 300 yards. It means they had at least four touchdowns, and it means they had no interceptions. That's what's considered to have a perfect passer rating in the NFL. Rare, it's, it's happened once already this season. Brock Purdy did it okay. earlier on. Um, anyway, so what do you think? I think it's probably the guy that used to play for Cleveland and now he's playing for Tampa Bay. Baker Mayfield. Yes, Baker Mayfield. So Aaron so Rodgers, by the way. I his name. I was going to say Bart Starr. <laughs> well, yeah, you're not. Aaron, yeah, because Bart Starr didn't do it. Brett Favre didn't do it. Aaron oh. Rodgers did it once. And this last weekend, Baker Mayfield of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers threw, got a perfect passer rating. The Buccaneers beat Green Bay. We are 7-7 seven and seven, and at the top of the NFC South. It's interesting. This was not a good weekend in the Friary uh, for football. The Broncos lost. Oh, right. And they, who did they lose to? The Seahawks? No, no. Philadelphia lost to the Seahawks. Oh, so wow, that was yeah. Father Pat last night with yeah. the Seahawks. The Broncos lost to... I can't a remember. A team, yeah. And then the Cowboys lost. Right. So teams that actually— And the I mean, Eagles lost. Yeah, so it was not it was not a good good day in the Friar League. Yeah, it really mixed up uh, the NFL. All the teams that you thought were dominant, like the Eagles, like the Cowboys, they're falling left, right, and center. And quietly on the West Coast, uh, Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers are just taking care of business. Oh, do you know who— um, I think they lost. The Broncos lost to the Lions. Yes, they did. Which, yeah, that's right. In, which in Detroit, is, that's it right. is the official position of this podcast that we like the Lions this well, season. It it was actually no. It is. It yeah. is. I like the Lions. I like yeah. the Lions. But ah, anyway, I think you're right. I think uh, San Francisco looks really good. But do you know yes. who else looks good? Who? Who? Baltimore Ravens. Oh, yes. You the Baltimore cannot, Ravens. Do not sleep. Seriously. Shout out not. to uh, Deacon Keith out there, who's a Baltimore Ravens fan. 
And Deacon Kevin. And his Both friend, Deacon Kevin. Yeah, yeah. I know a lot of deacons. I didn't, yeah, I didn't yeah, necessarily yeah, mix yeah, that no, up. I know, I know. I'm sure we can find another deacon. Keith, Don't worry. Kevin doesn't listen to this, <laughs> so it's not going to be a problem. But um, no, they're really, honestly, they're, I think they're sleeper. They're exactly where people want, and they're yeah. playing really, really well. Yeah. So in the, uh, in the NFC, I think the main, the big dogs are the 49ers, to be sure. Uh, you've got the, uh, you know, the Eagles are still a really, really strong team, as are the Cowboys. And then you're going to see the uh, Buccaneers, I think, make it to the playoffs just because they're going to win the yeah, NFC South. The On the South. AFC side, uh, you're right. The Ravens, I think, are really dominant as well as you just never know about the Chiefs. They're always super strong. Yep. Uh, it looks like the, the Broncos might be out of it with that loss. It, it, yeah, they needed to win. Yeah, the Chiefs are not as strong as they were last year, though. The Jaguars are suffering. If they lost. On Christmas Eve, the Jaguars will be playing the Buccaneers. So that's a battle of the Florida. That'll be fun. And the uh, Dolphins are looking pretty good. They're up and down. They haven't yet beaten the any Dolphins real make me cry. big uh, big teams. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be interesting. Uh, watch the next couple of weeks. It'll begin to play itself out. I still say the official position of this podcast is right now the team to beat is San Francisco. Yeah, totally. That's it. That's the official position. Yeah, we're, we're with it. But here, okay, so the Friars, we had Friars night out the other night. Oh, so, fun. Yeah, it was great. It was the end of the semester, so on. That just, sounds like some kind of like crazy National Lampoon movie. Okay, Friars night out. Okay, so here was the plan. So we're going to go to... Did you get it like in hijinks and then somebody ended up getting in jail? Yeah, and then, well, that's yeah. a long story. So we go to Hoff... The plan is go to Hoffbrough House okay. and then across the Hoffbrough House, there's a big bowling alley and all this kind of thing. So... We go to Hopper House. We're having dinner. And now here's a question. What are you dressed like? We're just casual. Okay. Yeah, everybody's just casual, relaxed. Right. And you really don't have any super old friars. Not super old. Like, probably, like well, the ones where you know. We have a couple in the mid-70s. Yeah. Well, but I'm just saying like, you know, sometimes when you see clergy dress not in their clerics and it's like clearly they found like the trunk. Yeah, at the, this, at the base this of their is, bed, and they're, they're pulling out the corduroys. This and, is funny. And I was wide, in, in uh, Washington D.C. one time, and I, my sister was visiting, and we're driving by near the uh, Catholic University. And there's a guy walking, and it's evident. Now he's not in clerics or anything, but you know this but guy's you a know. priest. So my sister says, <laughs> my sister Mary says, my goal is to make sure that when you go out, you don't look like you just like you're automatically a priest because you have black socks, black pants. Right, and, and sandals. Right, right. Yeah. So that's the goal, is, is to not look fat. So we all go, the plan, go out to dinner, go bowling, because there's a new okay. bowling alley next to it. What could possibly go wrong? All right, so we're out to dinner. We're probably, we're near the end of dinner, and I'm noticing... There's like 12 of you? Yes. Okay. I'm noticing conversation is getting a little lighter, and so I, I, I made a bold statement. Oh. I said, am I the only one who's exhausted and doesn't want to go bowling? And everyone's like, yep, yep, me, 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 me. So this plan of this big night out, we literally, we were at home by 8.30 and that everybody sounds, was happy. That sounds fantastic. Everybody was happy. So it was good. Yeah. It was fun. Hoffer House, good meal. Oh, yeah. Their, win- their Christmas bock, oh my goodness, is their, really good. What is that? It's a Christmas beer. Oh, okay. Yeah, got it. Yeah, we got we to go sometime. Okay. So it was great. It was a great night. We could have schnitzel. Uh, it's kind of a cool evening. I mean, this time of the year is kind of cool. Again, I've, we've said a thousand times, I love the students. Um, but it's kind of quiet right now. Yeah. So that's yeah. it's a nice vibe around the house. Yeah, it is. And it's beautiful on campus as well. You know, we had our faculty staff meeting on Monday, which we started off, which we haven't done ever, I think. We had a breakfast. Uh, with each other, yeah. which I thought was just awesome. There's lots of bacon. Thank you for that. You're welcome. I, that's all I ate, actually. That's I just all had a plate. I said. We have to have bacon. Yeah, I, we just had a plate of bacon. And it was just great to be with colleagues and meet some new colleagues and just celebrate uh, the end of the year, uh, acad- you know, the end of the semester, count the end of the mm-hmm. semester to be sure. And uh, 
Yeah, praise God. It was great. Are there any other sports that we need to talk about? Is there... Not really. Basketball's ba- going on. Basketball's happening, which is exciting. Cavs are soccer's doing really well. going on. I don't think soccer's... Hockey's well, going yes, on. European soccer's going on. Hockey's great. I went to a Penns game, and they won, which was super fun. That's pretty much it. I'm just laughing because I can hear like this skating, skating in the background. So Father Dave and I were going to do this earlier in the afternoon, and there's there's like tons of people here. It's about seven o'clock at night, and um, we're we're lamenting. Oh, if we, if we did it earlier, there would have been so many people behind us. But there's like five people behind us, and their skates are so loud. We're gonna have to mute that. <laughs> so it's a good thing. I mean, can you imagine if there's like thirty people behind us? Just the chaos and cacophony. One of them of out there doing? is your kid. Yeah, I'm paying him to be out there. This summer, you're invited to join Father Dave and several other amazing professors. Oh, you're going? Yeah, just for a few days. In Austria, we're hosting five unique courses that our study abroad site in beautiful, at our study abroad site in beautiful Gaming, Austria. Austria. Is it really Gaming? Is that how they pronounce it there? Not gaming. Not gaming. There will be a class on pilgrimage with Father Dave, a class on virtue and bread making, is that one class? Um, yes, it's cool. Virtuous bread making. An iconography class. Yeah. A class on Catholic author J.R.R. Token. He may show up. And the imagination. And a class on the call to parenthood. Fun. This session runs from May 18th through June 7th, 2024. Three weeks will be in Austria. Plus, you can spend an optional week in Italy. And why wouldn't you at that point? To learn more about our Austrian summer experiences, you can go to austria.franciscan.edu. That's austria.franciscan.edu. And if you go to They That Hope podcast, we will put that link on the show notes for this episode. That's cool. It's very cool. What are you doing? No. Well, now we have to talk about sports again. No, but... Bob and I generally don't sit next to each other There's a for reason. the filming. So I'm thinking, like, all of those buttons are mine. <laughs> I can touch the buttons. You never let me touch the buttons. No, you don't earn the buttons. Okay, Bob, I have a question for you. Yes, Father Dave. Uh, see anything in the news today from the Vatican mm. that made you go, hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. 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 Was it something about blessings? Yes, it was. Yeah. So you've probably heard, uh, unless you live in a cave, and if so, thanks for coming out to listen to this podcast. I'd encourage and you to go back in that cave. Yeah. Yeah. Go back in that cave right now. Um, there was a, what? what is it called? Uh, I don't know. It came, came from the consistory? A, was a, that, was oh, it on it's the called, Doctrine of Faith? It's, it's called a responsum uh-huh. of the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith okay. to a dubium. Okay. So blessings. about blessings. So here's the here's the brief history of what's going on. But the whole on. thing is not on that. It's on other kind of things too. It's it's on what's just a blessing and what was the other word I I just read the section that we're going to talk about today but right anyway. Well, let me back up. So okay. uh Pope Francis writes a document, I believe it's 2016, that he did a synod on marriage and family and the document was called Amoris Laetitia, which I believe is the joy of love. And there's some very beautiful passages in this document. I actually would really encourage you to check it out, especially if you're a married couple. Uh, just like always, some really great quotes. There was a particular chapter in that document, chapter 8 to be specific, 
wherein uh, it talked about having uh, ministry to irregular marriages. These would be marriages outside of the church or same-sex couples. And so it talked about, uh, I think the phrase that it used was um, pastoral something or other. Help <laughs> in that sense. And um, after, this, the, after the exhortation came out, a number of cardinals, Cardinal Burke being one of them, wrote what's called a dubia, which is, we got some questions about it. And one of the questions was regarding their comment about how can we uh, pastor groups such as same-sex couples and same-sex quote-unquote marriages with while keeping the church's uh, truth and tradition. And so the, the Vatican has come out with a number of responses to this. Now, if you read all of these documents, I read all these documents, and I read them also for you, the listener, you will see time and time and time again, over and over, it stresses how same-sex unions could never be considered marriage. Here's a quote from Amoris Laetitia. Um, no one can think that the weakening of the family as a natural society founded on marriage will prove beneficial to society as a whole. The contrary is true. It poses a threat to the mature growth of individuals. There is a failure to recognize that the only exclusive and indissoluble union between a man and woman has a plenary role to play in society and a stable commitment that bears fruit in new life. We need to acknowledge the great variety of family situations that can offer a certain stability, but de facto or same-sex unions, for example, may not simply be equated with marriage. No union that is temporary or closed to the transmission of life can ensure the future of society. And so in continually strong language, it says that, and all of these um, responses have said that. Last year, you didn't get this in the news because it wasn't scandalous. Actually, 2021, two years ago, the Doctrine of Faith responded to the question that these cardinals asked. The question was, does the church have the power to give the blessing to unions of persons of the same sex? And the first thing it says in bold italics, negative. <laughs> You no way possible, and then it goes on to explain it a little bit. Uh, I mean, so this has been there's been a consistent, clear voice yes, on that issue. Absolutely consistent, and it talks about blessings referring to sacramentals um, that the union of same sex people cannot be called marriage; it is sin. You cannot bless sin, but you can bless sinners, and that is what the church does. So the big question has consistently been bless, 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 bless. Right, and so what does it mean when we say bless? This is a quote yeah. from that first responsum. Um, so you cannot, so it says you cannot uh, declare, the church declares elicit any form of blessing that tends to acknowledge the unions of persons in same-sex relationships. In fact, in, in this case, the fact, the blessing would manifest not the intention to entrust such individuals to the protection and help of God, which is what the blessings are supposed to be about, but approve and encourage a choice and way of life that cannot be recognized as objectively ordered to the revealed plans of God. For the above-mentioned reasons, the Church does not have and cannot have the power to bless unions of persons in the same of the same sex in the sense attended above. So the question was, can the church bless unions equivocally, unequivocally, unequivocally, no, absolutely not. It goes so far to say is actually the church can't right. bless sin. It's totally against the nature. A couple years later, the questions from that dubia that were raised was, well, what about 
the persons. We didn't, what, okay, so you can't bless the union, but can you bless the persons? Now, these questions are coming from all over the world, by the way. One might wonder, like, why is this even coming out? Well, as we know, like in some places in Germany, they're still doing this on some level, and they're arguing, well, we're not blessing the union, we're blessing the persons. So this new clarification comes or, out. Or, or some, actually, some in Germany have been saying they're blessing the unions. Yes, exactly. Right, right. So that's yeah. something that's, to, to be clear, is that when this was written, there is a population in the world where priests are, and with the support of their bishops at times, are blessing unions. Right. So some of this dubia, or some of the response here, we have to remember, well, don't have to remember, I'd like to let you know if you didn't know this already, is actually trying to clarify the blessings that priests are saying, well, I can bless any person because that's what blessings are. And the response is, yes, that's actually true. We can bless people. We bless sinners in needs of God's grace. But it has a lot in this thing about what you can't do. It actually has way more what you can't do than what you can. You can't do it in a church. It can't be a ritual. It can't happen at a ceremony that celebrates the union. I mean, on and on and on. You can't wear any of the materials. You can't wear any of the liturgical yeah, you, garments. Yeah, you, you, you can't, can't get like dressed up. Garments. Yeah, like all these things. It just makes it so clear. Like, you, And then at the end it says, so with all that being said, yes, you can bless people. If a couple comes up to you in an irregular or same-sex marriage situation and says, can you pray for us? Can you bless us? And maybe even pray for us is a better word for it, because we hear blessing and we think, can you give us a thumbs up to what we're doing? The church is saying, no, we can't do that. And it said earlier, like, that's not even possible for the church to bless anything that's sinful. But if two people come forward and say, we need God's help, then the church says, well, then the church says to the priests and deacons, you have the pastoral ability to discern that and do that as long as you make it really, really clear that you are not blessing the unions. And I'm sure that's the exact way that CNN put it. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, is, is the, if you read the document today that came out, I guess, yesterday before yesterday, it makes it clear that you don't want, even if you just imagine the look, the visual of this, it can't look like a wedding. It can't yeah. look like a solemnization. You know, it can't look sacramental. So the, it, it goes to great extent of saying, like you stated, you can't, you can't, you can't, don't, don't, don't. Yeah. So as to do the best that you can to not cause confusion. Now, the reality is, is in the light of this, there's been all kinds of confusion. Oh, right. And it's not just, I mean, some of the people have said, well, it's just the media. And you and I have talked a lot about this. In, yes. in the media, I mean, I went through a bunch of, of, of headlines. And, and the media did not make this distinction between the blessing of peoples and the blessing of the union. Right. So it's like, you know, the church has just said you can bless homosexual unions. It did not say that. In fact, right. some of the gay rights people originally thought, oh, this is great. And then there was this thing that came out that said, wait, we, we, we read the fine print on this. <laughs> and it's not cool. You know? it's, so, it's not cool. So yeah. it's, but there, you know, the reality is, is there is confusion. Yes. You know, and. This is this is really hard. This is what myself and some of the friars have talked have been talking about since this came out. And and part of it is, again, when you read this, you see what he's saying. Don't 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 don't. I, I'm not exactly sure why the need to specifically have that one paragraph in, but it chose to do that. That's fine. But now it's going to take a lot of a lot of uh, catechesis right. and a lot of teaching about okay, what what did the Holy Father act or what did the the castor actually say right. what was meant by that and, and then there's a whole population that thinks okay this is just the door is getting wider and wider and wider and that the holy father's goal is eventually to get there to where unions are blessed 
You know, I, I was talking with one of the friars and also one of the faculty members, and I said, if we take this just for what this document says, it says, if somebody comes up to you or two people come up to you... And this would be clergy. Yeah, right. to, a cler- to a cler- or a deacon. Yeah, yep. yeah obviously yeah. clergy, clergy, <laughs> clergy, clergy, yeah, yeah. right? And, and ask for a blessing, what, the, what they're saying is you can bless them. Yes. And, and it's like, well, there, in one sense, there's nothing new. I know that, that there are people who have been gay who have come up and blessed me. I also know or that I've blessed. And right. I also know that there are people who have been involved in other things that I don't agree with who have asked for my prayers, and I offer that. So if you just take it at that point value, the church is saying you can pray for that person. You can bless that person. But it goes to great lengths to say as long as it doesn't right. all these lists. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it has a huge explanation of blessings because it talks about the two kinds of blessings. The liturgical kind of blessing is an affirmation, right. for example, of a union. You know, like in in the, in the con- for, something like that. Right? Exactly, right. like as a deacon or a priest, um, you know, the sacrament happens between the man and the woman, and the, the clergy is there to give the blessing, which is the blessing of the church. It's the affirmation of the union. That's a different kind of blessing than the kind of blessing when people say, can you bless my rosary? Right. Or can you bless my pet? Um, or can you pray for me? I love actually what the document said, this little uh, response thing it said at the end. It says, the church is a sacrament of God's even, uh, infinite love. Therefore, even when a person's relationship with God is clouded by sin, he can always ask for a blessing, stretching out his hand to God as Peter did in the storm when he cried out to Jesus, Lord, save me. Indeed, desiring and receiving a blessing can be the possible good in some situations. Pope Francis reminds us that a small step in the midst of great human limitations can be more pleasing to God. Uh, and what shines forth from the beauty of the saving love of God is made manifest in Jesus Christ, who died and rose from the dead. And goes on to say, any blessing is an opportunity for a renewed proclamation of the kerygma, an invitation to draw ever closer to the love of Christ. So the pastoral drive, and this is what Pope Francis has been constant on as well, is to say... Let's start having the conversations. Let's let's not, you know, reject. Let's make clear what the doctrine is, but let's be pastoral. If they want, if someone comes up to a blessing, you you might say, well, what, how can I pray for you? What's the blessing about? You know, and maybe they share a little bit about their struggles or other stuff. Yeah, I'm happy to pray for you. The extreme would be somebody saying, uh, no, get out of here, sinner. We're not praying for you, and never come back. Well, and even part of the document states that at the heart of that blessing would be that the individual would come to know God's true will for, yes. them, for yeah. their life. So there's a, a lot to it. But the, all of that is to say it is a little bit confusing. Yep. The language has been a little bit confusing, which has been, unfortunately, something fairly consistent over yes. the last many years. Um, I think that uh, yeah, they would do better to be a little bit more clear and respond uh, yeah, a little in greater clarity. And... And it's again, it's what I was talking about this afternoon to some of the people that we're, this has got a lot of discussion today. Um, just take that for what it's worth. It's, 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 it's fine. It's appropriate. There's the concern that 50 years from now, 100 years from now, people are going to say, we sit, you know, this is the door. It was just making it wider and wider. We don't know. We don't know. Right. Um, so we continue to pray. And we hope. We hope yeah. in the power of the Holy Spirit. We hope in. Um, you know, the truth of God, and we have hope that Jesus said his spirit is going to be in the church and is going to be the guarantor of truth within the church. And man, if you look at church history. <laughs> no, that's absolutely right. <laughs> I mean, like, no, that's absolutely like right. I mean, I got to tell you, like, you know, I, I think you're right. I miss the clarity 
and accuracy of, of Benedict, particularly yeah, as a theologian. Like everything he said, he could say it in one sentence and you'd be like, well, that's pretty clear. That's yeah. pretty yeah. darn clear. That's exactly, you know, what you're talking about and, and what it says. Um, I, I think at the heart we're, of, we were talking about this the, the other day. It's like, again, some people are, are obviously not huge fans of Pope Francis, but the line was, or you think he's bad? What about this pope? You know, people <laughs> right. in the in back. I mean, yeah. so it, it is important. To yeah, keep you that can in. Yeah. you can tell at least in Pope Francis is a heart that loves the Lord and wants to help people love the Lord. And uh, you know, there's I would say there's not a yeah any any characterization of a kind of maliciousness or anything else is just absolutely wrong. I would just say it's absolutely absolutely wrong. So uh, so keep praying for the church and uh, go get a blessing. <laughs> uh, because the, God wants to pour out blessings in abundance. I love it as a deacon when people ask me for a blessing, uh, blessing objects, all those things. is really is there, great. Is there a blessing for the czar? The what? The czar. Of Russia? Yes. May God bless the czar and keep him far away from us. <laughs> it's from Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, there yeah, you yeah, go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Nice. More people skating. Oh, good. Oh, and more noise in the background. It's go. very exciting. Please check us. Check out this video just for a second. Theythathopepodcast.com. Uh, check it out. It's really, really cool. So uh, we're gonna, Christmas we're time gonna is give, here. We're going to give uh, the fourth week of Advent. It's like this year it's less than 24 hours. Yes. So we're just jumping to Christmas, yeah, brother. You know, it, since, since the world is forgetting it, we're just going to forget it too. Light that candle and uh, keep it burning. Put you know, some funny. gas on it so it gets down a little bit lower and... Doesn't look as awkward among the other three candles. Yeah, this is really, really geeky, but the chron- um, the genealogy is done on the 17th of December, but given that the 17th of December this year was on a Sunday, it skipped. So, the, you know, the priests are always like, ah, oh, I got to do the genealogy, right? <laughs> so this year you have the option. I've got uh, Christmas Eve mass, so you have the option of doing the genealogy. So I may make somebody do that. Are, are you going to say, is, like, yeah, is, there, yeah. is there some sad deacon that you're like, yeah. I'm going to make this guy do it? That's right. Although it's funny, the other day I texted Bob and I said, happy feast day. I missed it, right. And he totally he goes like, what do you mean happy feast day? Well, it was the, the I'm reading. searching the liturgical calendar. Yeah. I'm like, what's going on? The reading was uh, they that hope. Yeah. The Lord, so they that totally hope in the Lord it. will renew their strength, That's and right. I was glad you uh, you drew my attention. Are to you that. preaching it in Christmas this year? I am not preaching in Christmas. Okay. Nope, nope. I'm going to be serving a few different times, and always trying to find a, a way to navigate with my family. And then I'll be going to mass. Uh, I part of our family's tradition is to go to the 7:30 mass Christmas Eve at Christ the King. Okay. okay. And you know, my wife and I got married at Christ the King, and so. It's beautiful because it's quiet. It's not overpacked, you know, because, again, the students are gone. Uh, the TOR sisters uh, do the Christmas music. They start off by singing a lot of Christmas hymns. My kids love that. Yeah. And so you'll be, you'll be preaching that? I do. I've got the Christmas Eve Mass. And remember, folks, that uh, Christmas Eve Mass, if you go on Sunday evening, does not fulfill your Sunday obligation. That's right. So check this out. Um, but you know what? I'm going to start with... Um, you know, words that you love to hear. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so words you love to hear is, I don't know, I won the lottery. Okay. Okay. I love you. I love you. Um, you got an A. Buccaneers, three-time thir- thir- three Super Bowl champion. It's not as bad as I thought, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, you know, I love the scripture. His name is Emmanuel. God is with us. Yeah. You know, honestly, if, if you chose to just, just pray on that text, God is with us. I mean... For the rest of our life, you could just every morning just pray on that, that, that reality that God is with us. He's not distant. He's not far away. 
Emmanuel, he is with us. Uh, even, even honestly, in, in all the stuff that we're talking about, in the confusion and the anxiety that some people feel, and the anger that some people feel, the reality is God is with us. And I always reflect on Benedict in Jesus of Nazareth. He was talking, and I, we probably talked about this, but he's talking about the rabbi, and he's talking with the rabbi, and the rabbi says, "You know, you call him the Prince of Peace, but there's still war, and you call him the Bread of Life, and there's still people hungry. Like, what did Jesus bring?" And Benedict says he brought God. Yeah. And then he qualifies that and he says, and for some people that's not enough. And that's all I'm going to preach about, this, this realization that when the Word becomes flesh, everything is different. That God, that Jesus in the flesh brings God. He can be seen, he can be known. Nothing more than you need to say about that. I love um, in John's Gospel when it talks about the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Yes. And the Word of dwelt among us uh, in Greek literally is pitched his tent yeah. among us. And another word, that, that word sounds like tabernacle. He tabernacled with us. among us. Yeah. He tabernacles with us. And it's an interesting thought that that language of John, it, it, he didn't just say the Word became flesh and hung out with us and spent some time with us. This idea of... He, he dwelt with us. I, I think of pitching of a tent, and I remember during 2020, you know, there was these videos of, like, large homeless communities mm -hmm. that just had tents. And, and it'd be one thing, it'd be an amazing thing to go and, like, serve food or give medicine, but, like, it'd be a crazy thing to show up with a tent mm -hmm. and say, I'm going to live with you guys. And when Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us, he's still flesh. Like, that's what's absolutely insane. When he ascended into heaven... He didn't zip off his human suit and put it on a hook and then go back flying. Like, he is dwelling with us now. Like, God is with us in the most intimate and profound way. And uh, the humility of God is just, no, and it's it's just, just incredible. It's just, uh, yeah, I, lo I love it. This is also the 800th anniversary of, of Greccio, of St. Francis and the Nativity scene. And I love the image mm -hmm. when Francis did the first live Nativity scene one of the farmers had this vision of, of the child Jesus and he was asleep and everyone was trying to wake him and he didn't awaken. And, and Francis reaches the child Jesus and, and he awakens Jesus and, mm. and Jesus awakens. And, and that, like, so that Francis is awakening Christ in the hearts of the people. But honestly, it, it, I can't imagine a situation where you're just quiet and you just think and imagine and pray and realize that God is with us that that doesn't bring some sense of peace. Yeah. I mean, yeah, tomorrow's the anniversary of my father's passing, and it, honestly, it's just been a tough couple of days, and just reflecting on that, you had to deal with the earth longer than I have, but there's still this, like, ugh. And I just, you know, just sit and be still, be quiet, and, and God is with us, and that's enough. And yeah. it's like Benedict says, you know, for some people it's not enough. Well, it, it is enough for those who believe. It is enough that God dwells with us. I'm not alone, we're not alone. The mystery of the incarnation of Christmas is God dwells with us. It's not that complicated. Yeah, and that he does that in the midst of our lives and struggles. And so as we enter into this Christmas season, uh, we want you to know that we are praying for you. Uh, you know, just Father Dave, as you shared, uh, there's a lot of joy in these holiday Christmas seasons. And there's some sadness, yeah. particularly if any of you lost loved ones this year uh, and you are used to having them at Christmas and they're not there this year. Um, they are with the Lord. That's our hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And we can find solace in the fact that the God of the universe became poor for us, became a baby, was laid in a feeding trough, <laughs> in a manger, in swaddling clothes, 
uh, for the sake of our salvation and because uh, he loves us so much. Amen. So just uh, again, thank you so much for spending some time with us uh, as we draw near to an end of Advent and uh, close to Christmas. Just know that you're in our prayers. May Lord pour his blessing upon you, <laughs> Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. And thank you all. We're going to take a... No, don't touch buttons. Stop it. Uh, this is why This is why we don't do this outside too much. That's why they never give take, me toys. We're going to take two weeks off. Uh, we'll be back at the second week of the new year with Ask Us Anything. Send us an email. Hope at Franciscan.edu. That's hope at Franciscan.edu. Merry Christmas, everybody. God bless.